the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. It's a very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Eternal lust and some things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and powerful <laughs> spells. She's actually me in the The role of the witch is to make change. Let's it be, y'all. Let's it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. everybody and welcome to that witch life podcast i am your host today and i am courtney and i'm kanani so um and coming up today we have crystal blanton who is going to be talking with us about a subject very near and dear to both kanani and my hearts which is navigating non-magical families when you yourself are a magical person it's a little bit of a different show today because Hillary is stuck at work um, and was not able to join us. So um, we were going to reschedule and then Kanani insisted that I give her a tarot reading. And because she had a shit day, I have obliged. That's usually how it works. All right. I usually have to have like a really horrible day to be able to guilt you into giving me a reading. <laughs> and well, here's the thing is that you're not even getting a good tarot deck. You're getting a tarot deck that half of it was eaten by my dog. So <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds like how I feel right now. I feel like I was half eaten by a dog. So do you want to tell people what's going on or you want to hold off? Well, I think we've told, I think I've told everyone that um, we sold our condo. Yeah. And so we are now officially at the next stage of that process, which is buying a new house. And I think it's pretty much nationwide news that buying a house is a shit show right now. <laughs> and you know, it's bad when our family in California is talking about how they saw on the news that the Portland, Oregon market is the stupidest in the country <laughs> as far as how oh. fast houses are going how high the prices are, and just the absolute nonsense of, of what home buying entails right now. So this was this is my family. So that means that we had our first weekend of house hunting and putting in offers and we're already done. And we're already bitter, bitter and angry and over it and all ready to like live by the side of a river in a <laughs> van somewhere because we just don't want to do it anymore because that's how good we are with not getting what we want the second we want it. So... Yeah, everyone in my house is super, super grumped up right now. I had to deal with, it's funny, I had to deal with my daughter who's crying because she's sad because she liked a couple of the houses we put offers on a lot. And my son who's completely indifferent because he's just going to lay his head down wherever we tell him to. So <laughs> it's just like, all right, whatevs. So, and then my husband who's just kind of moping around. I love how your shirt just says, I can't. It just says, it's a, actually my shirt says I can't adults today. So that's just your warning sign to your family is that you will not be parenting or wifing. No, I will not. I will. I, I just absolutely refuse. So. All right. Well, I am, I am, I am giving um, Kanani a pity tarot reading and it is with my, um, the tarot deck, which Ichabod, my Husky mix decided to snack on a few months ago. So first off, we're going to pull what we call the soul card as to where Kanani is right now. And. That's the card that's missing. It's the emptiness. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one he ate 
already. The one that's blank. It's like the package card that says this was made by US exactly. Games. Exactly. Like it's the not Joker even card that everyone throws out before they before they even <laughs> use the deck. No, Kanadi got the Page of Cups, which means that despite the bitter exterior, she's mushy and soft inside and feeling super sensitive, which means I actually have to be nice to her in this, <laughs> this moment in time. So, but what would be helpful for you to know right now with regards to anything, everything? What would be helpful to know right now? Maybe some sort of like vague time frame or maybe what to maybe expect from the process other than just the typical dumpster fire shit show. <laughs> so whatever card represents dumpster. All right. So besides dumpster Something fire, slightly shit show, more specific than it's going to be a dumpster fire shit show. All right. So I'm going to look and see what's next for Kanani in this journey to finding a new home. It's going to be a yay. It's a it's going to be a learning lesson or a learning opportunity is what they call it. Um, and the spirits want you to release your grasp on holding on to hypotheticals. Um, it's the nine of wands in reverse, which is basically you most of the time. As you see, they're holding on to something, looking bitter and angry, and staring out at the world. That's totally um, me. This is you. You're the nine of wands card. Well, this is in reverse, which is saying um, a approaching this with more detachment and fluidity um, is the way to go. I mean, you can, you can want something and you can also keep, you can also not be attached to it. Right. So it's something I learned a lot when I was an actor. And then now as a uh, struggling fiction writer is that you can want something like hell and then you don't get it. And that's just part of the process. And so that's one of the lessons here. What else you can expect from this? Okay. Um, five of cups. I think there's, there may be a period of mourning and I don't, don't know that this means yet another disappointment, but I think, um, actually I think I, I see this. Okay. There were two houses you tried to get and then the five of cups, the character has the two cups that are upright behind them and they're looking at, and there are other, there are three more cups and there's a river. So there's more opportunity out there, but it wants to warn you not to let the just the last two disappointments basically sit on your shoulders. And I know that's not you. You shake off your disappointments and you move on. But your family might struggle with that more than you do. I was thinking about that today. And it's so funny that you called it a lesson because five minutes prior to hopping on to record this, I was consoling my crying daughter. And for better or worse, my children are very privileged in the concept that they have experienced very very little loss in their life. Yeah. Their lives have always been incredibly stable. Um, for some reason, even though I'm a giant shit, I have, we have the same group of friends. They have the same adults that have been in their lives, their entire lives. I do not have people that come and go from my world. I live in a very stable. It's like a spider web. We can't get out. We're stuck there. I love being boring. Like my life is boring in, in all the best ways. And, and so my children have really, you know, benefited from that because they've never experienced really chaos and, and in, they've never had instability and they've never really experienced loss. So this is going to be weird for them to kind of live in a period of of, you know, uncertainty. I mean, even though we're safe and we're fine and everything yeah. like this is, this is going to be very off from anything they've ever experienced. Cause we struggled 
immensely when my children were really young, when we were having to pay exorbitant daycare fees and diapers and wipes. And I mean, they have no idea the amount of times that I was literally digging through the change drawer to make, you know, find money for gas or money for wipes or money for diapers or whatever. They, they have no recollection of this. They have no knowledge or memory of this. And I say for better or worse, because you know what? A little bit of struggle helps build character. So the fact that Mm -hmm. they've had such a peachy keen existence isn't exactly something that I'm, you know, think is 100% the best thing in the world. So this is definitely going to be a a learning experience for them that you don't always get what you want. And sometimes what you wanted doesn't work out. And Mm -hmm. so um, a life lesson that I am very familiar with but they are not. And so I think that this is definitely going to be a learning experience uh, for them. And I'm kind of already of the mind. I've told my, my husband if after a couple months of this and staying in our, in our temporary situation, if we don't really see a light at the end of the corner, because the market is just so bananas, we'll just get in, you know, we'll get an apartment for six months and then we'll try again Mm -hmm. next spring. So I'm, I'm kind of flexible on the on the notion of how this is going to go because I don't really want to settle for, um, you know, anything we don't have to. But I think the rest of my family is definitely going to yeah. kind of struggle with this a little bit more. Yeah. So I think that's that this this a disappointment for is going to be more about them than it is about you. Yeah. So I want to see about timeline as to what you know when when is the good what is the good stuff coming. Okay, <laughs> I got the death card. <laughs> Yay! Um, so I, I just need to move straight into DQ is what you're saying. Basically, just right- I, what, what I think this is, is I think you're going to have more luck when you're out of your current place. I think so too. So I know you, you, you probably, it's probably the smart thing to keep looking and, and keep bidding on things. But the truth is, is that it's not until that this chapter of your life where you're in your current place until that's closed is when you're likely to find the success. And that's been a theme I've had with a lot of my clients recently. It's like, you got to close one door before you can open the other. And it's what you're doing is practical and right. And you should be doing it. But it's also, it's also, I think, to give yourself some grace if it's not working. It's like, listen, we we may just need to energetically be out of one space before we can be into another. No, it totally makes sense. So then I'm going to pull a card, one more card to see what's your best course of action. The star. Okay. So what they're saying is just keep holding on to what it is that you want. And I don't think you're going to have to move into an interim apartment. I think you just have to keep holding that vision of what it is you want for your family and not be be swayed by other things or let other things be. And I don't want to say sway, but it might be like falling into love with something that isn't quite right. You know, it's like, is this really in line with what we need? And the star is not so much about details as much as it is about like overall agenda. Yeah, that makes sense. This is, this is one of those, this is also one of the, you know, this is, like I said, it's just bananas right now. Like my parents, you know, who've bought and sold homes throughout their lives and, and other people who have done it, like just the idea of like, what do you mean you're offering tens of thousands of dollars over what the asking part, you know, I mean, just everything about it is bananas and people wavering appraisals and inspections. And it's just like, none of it. It's just, I mean, it's just like, the biggest weirdest circus in the history of the world to try and buy a house right now. So it was great for selling. I do have something that might be helpful for you because I know that I wrote an offer letter for you all to submit. It made you all sound very, very nice, which was weird. It was. So now I have perhaps one that's a little more honest. Are you ready for it? 
I'm, I think I am. I don't know if the world is. That's what I'm a little more concerned with. All right. Well, we're going to see our right, world. Get ready. We're about to read this letter. Mm-hmm. Dear seller. Hello. My name is Kanani, and I had the privilege of touring your beautiful home over the weekend. For the past 10 years, I have lived in a condo with my two children, Saleh and Gavin, and my husband, whose name is Kanani's husband. We love our current home, but we're ready for something a little larger as we're running out of closet space to hide the curse jars for all the people I can't stand. True. Husband works in education. Gavin loves sports. Soleil loves dance, and I love setting things on fire. We are ready for a home where our children have access to fresh air and where I can set up year-round Halloween decorations. As soon as we pulled up to your wonderful home, I could see myself sitting comfortably on your front porch, sipping my morning coffee and judging all of your neighbors. The surrounding community seems peaceful and quiet, which is a big draw for husband, whereas I'm more impressed by its proximity to both Dairy Queen and Cold Stone. We also knew your home was a place we could call home as it had such a large backyard where the kids could run and play. Husband could finally learn to mow a lawn and I could plant a garden of poisonous herbs. Fortunately, my friend Hillary doesn't live far who can come over and remind me what I planted as I'm certain to forget. The chest freezer in the garage was a major pull as I have a bunch of assholes I need to keep on ice as freezer spells are an ongoing thing. It's important to us that our future home have space for our children to have privacy, and we love that they will each have their own rooms. The bonus room is a plus for husband to watch his rotation of sports, and the finished basement is perfect for me to run away when I don't feel like taking care of my children and need to commune with my crystal collection. The fire pit in the backyard is another plus, as we could see ourselves in the colder months, nestling together by that fire pit, with the children and me chanting at the full moon and creeping out husband, because that shit is funny. We are a family who keeps our doors open to other family and beloved friends, and your home is exactly the warm and inviting place where we can welcome our beloveds on holidays, birthdays, and summon our dead relatives at Samhain. We love the natural light and openness you have cultivated. I felt immediately at home in your kitchen and could imagine baking my famous lavender lemon bunt cake, or more likely making Courtney come over to bake brie and phyllo dough, even though she can't eat it anymore, but I don't really care. We hope you will consider us as you make your decision. Either way, it was a blessing to see your beautiful home. If you choose us, know your home will be in the hands of a family and the band of ghosts that follows them, who will love and care for it as much as you have, and will also give your neighbors someone to whisper about for years and years to come. With every good wish, Kanani. P.S. My lender should have mentioned that as part of our offer, I'm happy to take a list of all the neighbors who have given you shit over the years and dance and yip and howl in their backyards during every thunderstorm, usually naked. I'm really furious because if you'd given me that letter, I'd probably would have landed both of the houses <laughs> we put offers on this weekend. And we wouldn't even be having this sad conversation because I'd be trying to decide which one to live in. Well, we thought we'd go with the angle of the nice, sweet suburban family. Instead, let's just try the truthful exactly. angle. Exactly. Exactly. Let's go, let's go for the <laughs> truth. Exactly. That that pretty much summed it up right there. Especially you coming into my kitchen to cook me things. That is a hundred percent what I'm looking for in my kitchen and why I can't have a one-butt kitchen again. Because I need to be able to have you in the kitchen no. cooking me things while I'm in there bothering you. 
waiting for you and asking you how much longer it's going to take. <laughs> so we need plenty of space for us to both be in the kitchen at the same time. So the next edit is I need space in a kitchen where I can order people around to cook faster. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I get it. Exactly. I get it now. And you should, yeah. and, and we should definitely mention more about the trauma that is my children driving oh, me and yes. driving me insane and my need to get away from them <laughs> on a consistent basis because they drive me insane. <laughs> Just say, by any chance, do you have a 1950s area bomb shelter anywhere oh, in your oh, property? All, yes, so, a basement. <laughs> I like the idea of a, a basement I can hide in. Something that has a lock that they can't access. I think that they were like, they were toddlers when they figured out on all these locks, the door locks on the outside, they have that slit. So you can put a butter knife in it to unlock the door. So when you lock it, you can unlock the door from the outside. Are you saying you locked your children in their bedrooms? No, actually, they used to lock themselves in bedrooms from each other. They figured out how to oh, lock God. the doors. And, and like my daughter was like three and she's like in the bathroom and she can hardly get up and off the toilet by herself. She's like, I need privacy. I'm like, you don't need anything. Like, don't lock the door. You could fall in. Your butt is like the size of two quarters. Like, I need to be able to fish you out of the toilet if I, if I need to. Yeah, they, they learned that trick at like, I don't even know how they learned that trick. Well, they probably learned it because I probably ended up doing it trying to fish them out of somewhere. But yeah. Oh, my God. They're, insane. They're fabulous. I love them. Oh, I think, like I said, I think mm. I feel like this is going to be this is going to be a, a good lesson for them. It was actually funny. Um I don't remember if we mentioned this in the last episode or not, but my daughter was in the backseat. She, first of all, is famous in our family for she eavesdrops. Oh, we mentioned it on Clubhouse. Oh, we, we mentioned it on Clubhouse. That's why it's not okay. So my daughter eavesdrops to everything. I will talk about things, not wanting her to hear them. So I will be quiet or I will leave the room or I'll be in a closet. And somehow she will still repeat it two days later, word for word, exactly what I said. And I was kind of venting to my mom about the process about, you know, I'm kind of stressed out because we've sold the place. We have a fine interim place and we can extend it if we need to. But I, I, you know, I made a joke about how we're, you know, essentially we don't have a place to go or we don't know where our next place to go is. And so over the weekend we're house hunting and my son, who's just completely indifferent to this process was like, are we done? I don't want to do this anymore. And my daughter looks at him and she goes, we have to we're homeless. And I'm just like, Oh no. Oh sweet Lord. I'm just like, okay, you need to calm down. I'm like, we, we are not homeless. We're far. I can show you homeless people. We are, we are far from homeless and please don't say that to anyone else. Cause CPS is going to be calling me asking me if we're homeless. So, um, it's just kind of funny. It's everything's very dramatic and, and you know, this is, this is going to be this is going to be a learning experience for them that, you know, sometimes you got to be able to go with the flow, which is kind of ironic because my daughter's usually much, she's more like me in that way where she can do that. But my son, not at all. All right. Well, we absolutely want to thank all of our supporters. And um, those of you who support us on Patreon, as you know, last week we released our full interview with Shane Broderick, Irish folklorist, talking about Bieltina, which was fabulous. So uh, definitely if you need to get a little more Bieltina energy and a lot more of Kanani shenanigans <laughs> for as little as a dollar a month. That's pretty much you can what get I'm good for. 
I know. And pretty much get access to that and other content. Um, higher levels get you access to our private Facebook page and our live virtual special events, which are really wonderful ways to connect with other witches just like you. Um, you can also get your episodes early or longer ad-free episodes, even our quarterly subscription box, which has magical supplies, books, all kinds of goodies, our spell kits, everything you want. And um, you can even get a tarot card pulled for you on the show. And today... I am polling for Cindy, but Cindy just upped her pledge to the Kanani girlfriend, boyfriend, envy friend level, which gets her um, access to extended ad-free episodes and our quarterly special events. And you and Kanani got the same card. I literally pulled for her the star. So uh, Cindy, both you and Kanani, it's a time to um, really focus and think about what, what is your true desire? Um, not even just what other people, you know, what other people want for you or what you think you want for yourself. It's about stepping back and actually connecting with what is truly calling you, not just on the paper or just not what's written on the page, but what's really underneath what's your soul longing for. And once we can define that, then we can manifest it. So Cindy, good luck to you and your endeavors. And thank you so much for being a Kanani girlfriend, boyfriend, and befriend. Um, other ways you can support the show, you can't do a monthly donation. You can also buy us a coffee or buy that Witch Life merchandise on Etsy. Hey, your mom's still running that, isn't she, Kanani? She is, and she's she doesn't hate it yet. So you need to keep buying things because I'm waiting for the <laughs> point where she starts calling me and pissing and whining about having to send these things out. But so far, she's liking it. And apparently, she sends my she's she's schlepping my my stepfather out to walk these they they live walking distance to a post office and so they go for their old people walks and they take <laughs> these things to the post office and if she's if she's unwilling to go for the walk that day then she passes them off to him and makes him makes him walk it down to the post office so i think it's pretty yeah. hilarious i love i love actually having them do it i think it's it's pretty fun I, it is. And people write notes to your mom as well to say, hi, Kanani's mom. Which... Yeah, we've had a couple of people write messages and been like, yeah, hi, Kanani's mom. Thank you for sending me my package. My mom's like, what's happening? I love it. It's so, so, so it's a great. Um, other ways you can also consider becoming an episode sponsor. Really great way for promoting your business. We've had a lot of new businesses come. This is a really wonderful way to get your business out there. It also supports us. And so we like to support each other. And um, Or you can just even purchase a shout out, which is like letting somebody know about an event you have coming up. Or if you have a witch that you love that listens to the show and they've got a birthday coming up, maybe purchase a shout out and we will wish them a happy birthday on the show. So, um, and also just feel free to leave us a rating or review. It takes three seconds and it really, really does a lot to help with our show. So, um, yeah, but any of those things or just keep listening. That's great too. We're happy with that. Um, and you can find out more about all of these things on our website at thatwitchlife.com. And so what do you think, Kanani? We ready for a word from our fabulous sponsors? I think we're ready, but just, just for the record, in regards to your letter that you wrote, you referred to my husband as Kanani's husband. And I find that mm -hmm. really offensive because he should be referred to as Mr. Kanani. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. I know. Mr. Kanani. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a shithead. Yeah, it's true. I don't, All right. I don't know why you tolerate me. I don't think he does in most days either. Let's be real. <laughs> Actually, it was funny because I always joke about how whenever he says something to me, I always go, you know what? I have a contract. 
and we were in the kitchen the other day and I don't remember he did something and I got annoyed at him and I said something and he looked at me and he goes, I have a contract. I'm like, oh no, this is not a two-way street. This is not, no, this is, I have a contract. You have nothing. You have nothing. Oh my God. My my husband just waves his wedding ring around like, and I'm like, okay. It was just anyway. so funny that he finally threw the contract thing back at me. I'm like, no, no, this does not go both ways. You all know that we are all obsessed with herbs around here. All three of us lost our minds when we discovered Fox and Elder. Fox and Elder is a small farm just north of Nashville, Tennessee, run by Sarah Schuster, who was an herbalist, herb farmer, and plant witch. Their work not only offers a variety of herb-based products, but also offers education on homesteading and herb cultivation. Fox and Elder's products include teas and tinctures, including a line of tarot teas based on the major arcana. Their Empress tea draws on a variety of floral notes, herbs, and peaches, which includes calendula, hawthorn leaves and flowers, lavender, plus other delicious herbs. I'm totally particular about my teas. I'm super picky. And so I'm super stoked that they offer custom tea blends working with clients to blend something wonderful and delicious just for you based on your needs and desires. Fox and Elder also offers a monthly zine called Full Moon Philip, which offers tarot spreads, herbal profiles, and recipes. The Samhain issue will have a focus on ancestral work, a tarot spread for the full moon in Taurus, and an herbal profile on Skullcap. Fox and Elder also offers a podcast called Tending Seeds, which covers a variety of homesteading and herbalism topics available on all major platforms or directly on their website. So be sure to subscribe and add Tending Seeds to your listening rotation. Their episodes follow the seasons and do deep dives into gardening and how to find powerful magic and healing in different herbs you can find in your yard or just along the road. As a witch who does a lot of work with quote-unquote weeds, I was fascinated by episode 29's exploration of goldenrod. I know I will be listening as my husband and I finally start growing our own garden. To receive 15% off your first purchase of teas, tinctures, or a full moon zine subscription, go to foxandelder.com. Dot com and enter code that which life at checkout Fox and elder meeting you where you are offering a variety of ways to step onto the plant path. Thank you to Fox and elder for being an episode sponsor. So Hillary moved last month and my husband and I offered to help and we thought we were going to be packing her clothes and stuff, but no Hillary has an enormous stash of tea and my husband spent two hours boxing it up. Okay. Like maybe an hour, but the thing is, is, I seriously have so much tea from the Jasmine Pearl Tea Company. It's kind of embarrassing. And for good reason, too. Yeah, like my entire life is pretty much scheduled around the next cup of tea. And I literally have told everyone I know about Jasmine Pearl Tea. Their teas are so good. Every morning I get fueled up with either the Burnside Chai, sometimes Caravan. And I've also hooked all of my students up with the Aria blend because it's super soothing on a sore throat. So I mentioned last time that Jasmine Pearl's Lapsong's Shushong tea is the only beverage that I will choose over coffee in the morning. But I also adore their Feel Better tea, which is designed to soothe frazzled nerves, which I really appreciate given that I work with both Kanani and Hillary on a near daily basis. Their Feel Better blend is very light with a lot of notes of citrus. So it's a great blend for springtime. We're also super about supporting family owned business 
businesses and the Jasmine Pearl was started by proprietor Heather Augusta and her husband Chuck, who have been directly importing and blending their own loose leaf teas since 2004. Everything is hand blended by their special team in Northeast Portland. The Jasmine Pearl's tea blending philosophy is based on using excellent quality ingredients and most of them organic and building blends around good teas versus using mediocre ingredients and dumping a bunch of flavoring on them. But you don't even have to be a tea snob to be into Jasmine Pearl's teas. Like I used to be someone who liked tea, but I wouldn't call myself a tea drinker. But the Jasmine Pearl has totally made me into a tea drinker. Their vanilla rose tea is like silk in a cup. It's so good. Jasmine Pearl is 100% online. Customers can have their orders shipped or do contactless pickup at their warehouse. And Jasmine Pearl offers free shipping on orders of $25 or more. Check them out at thejasminepearl.com and let them know you heard Courtney and Hillary gush all about them on That Witch Life podcast. And thank you to Jasmine Pearl for being an episode sponsor. We are always asked for recommendations of witchcraft books that are beyond the 101, and guess what? We have got one for you. Rise of the Witch by Whiskey Stevens is more than just a how-to guide to the craft. It is a deep exploration of the inner workings of witchcraft and your integral role in creating magic. This remarkable book covers the basics and more advanced topics, taking you from the history of the craft to the elements, to the witch's tools, and everywhere in between. You'll work with spells, harness powerful energies, and uncover your magical purpose. Rise of the Witch shows you how to build a practice that is unique to you. Author Whiskey Stevens doesn't shy away from subjects like sex magic or shadow work, and she empowers those who are hesitant to come out as witches or those who need to keep their practice secret, two things that are so true to many of our listeners. This practical book also helps you explore tarot, meditation, sacred space, and more. It's basically a how-to witch book, helping out those at the 101 level and also making room for more advanced work. So make magic happen your way and pre-order your copy of Rise of the Witch today at Llewellyn.com. Save 20% now with coupon code WHISKEY20. That's WHISKEY20. Coupon valid through May 31st, 2021, not valid in conjunction with other discounts or previously placed orders. So note that you do need to be logged into your Llewellyn.com account for coupon to apply. So do not forget pre-order Rise of the Witch today and save 20% with coupon code WHISKEY20 at Llewellyn.com. And thank you to Llewellyn for being an episode sponsor. Well, we are delighted to welcome Crystal Blanton to the podcast. Crystal is a longtime friend of mine, and I've been trying to get her on the show for ages, and I finally succeeded, so yay me. And Crystal Blanton is a witch author, licensed clinical social worker, and all-around badass. Her work is heavily rooted in activism and social justice. She is the editor of Shades of Faith and Shades of Ritual and the co-editor of Bringing Race to the Table. She lives in the Bay Area, and her favorite witchcraft movie is The Craft, the original. She wanted to make sure that I specified. <laughs> Welcome, Crystal. How are you? Welcome. Oh, I am good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I think we're all yeah, going to need one. Hold on. Kenobi has a big question before we even launch in. Yeah, I have. I, I just have to, I have to, I have to ask this. So did you watch The New Craft? I absolutely did. And what were your thoughts? 
<laughs> well, I liked it for what it was, but it wasn't the original. And I was surprised at some of the changes that they made yeah. in the storyline. Like, I don't know that I expected that. Um, I was thinking it was just going to be like a real like remake and not a new twist to it. I like that they didn't try and duplicate it because I feel like when they do that, they always fail. Like it needs to be its own movie that if you've never seen, I feel like if it's not its own movie, then anyone who's seen the old <laughs> movie is going to hate it. And then it doesn't stand alone for anyone who's never seen the old sure. movie. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they need to make it different. So I liked the twists. Yeah. I didn't necessarily dislike it, but I don't think I was thinking that was what was going to happen. Right. Like I was just like, Oh, it's the craft. It's going to, I wonder how they're going to. Were you as excited about David Duchovny as I was? <laughs> I was going to say that was Kanani's whole thing was David Duchovny. That was, that, cool. was... <laughs> that was pretty great. Right. Yeah. I died a little bit when he was the bad yeah. guy, but he's really hot. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to let it slide. Oh my God. You didn't, you didn't give a spoiler alert. What the hell is your problem? It's like a year and a half old at this point. I don't think we have to do spoilers anymore. If even I've seen it, then you get you you get no pass. Like even I've seen you this were movie. you saw it you saw it because you were basically you. Were, I was gonna turn my gain down a second. I think I'm a little loud. That's just you. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's just you all the time. You know what, Kanani? I'm gonna tear up the letter I wrote about you. The right one by yourself, and you know you don't know how. I have no idea. So yeah, I I but I do agree. It, I think one of the reasons I also was able to really like the. Uh, the new movie is that I hadn't seen the old one in a really mm -hmm. long time. Mm. So, and, and frankly, I, it wasn't one of those movies that I watched a thousand times. That wasn't one of my like ingrained in my brain. So there were, it was after I watched that new movie, I actually went back and watched the old movie. And so then I was able to really piece together that, Oh, right. that was the same. You know what I mean? Like that was the same. That was the same. But I was still able to see all of the, you know, the new plot twists and things like that. So I think for me, I think it was a little bit easier to like the new version because I wasn't, you know, I haven't completely memorized the previous. Uh, yes. So you didn't but... necessarily be as a baby witch, like try to figure out who Mana was so that you could um, do a ritual to Mana. I did. I mean, thank you, Courtney. I, I did not. I did not. I was trying to figure out how to marry Hugh Grant <laughs> until Courtney and I, when she was in New York and I was visiting her, went to Madame Tussauds and I found out he's like three feet tall. <laughs> and then that was over and I was devastated. That was just more than I could handle as an early 20s person. And then, so then I tried to figure out how to get Colin Firth to marry me and I'm still working on that. So... You know, will he be the third Mr. Kanani Soleil? He he might be. He might be. <laughs> See, I always dreamed that I was going to be like Elizabeth Taylor and have all these husbands and just be very extravagant and whatnot. But then I realized to get people to marry you, you have to be nice to them. And and you have to meet people and talk to people. And I'm like, well, that sounds exhausting. Why would, all I, right. why would I do that again? Anyway, let us bring it back to the topic at hand. Crystal, Crystal, we're already besties. You're oh, my God. 
Well, Crystal, a question that we ask all of our, our guests, and to be honest, I don't even know the answer from you. I don't think we've ever discussed this, is how did you know that you were a witch or a magical person? Ooh, I don't know that I had a word for it or that uh, uh, a container to put it in. But um, when I was younger, I was always attracted to the same kinds of things that I am attracted to now. Um, And so as I got older um, and kind of started to do my own research and everything, things just made sense to me, right? Like it wasn't some like huge kind of like, I've got to figure out this thing. I was just kind of like reading and, and thinking like, yeah, that's how I think, or that's how I connect. Or that's the, those are the things that I love. And um, mm-hmm. it just made sense. And then I just took on the, the word to go with it, right? But <laughs> it was like, it, it just already felt like the way that I live and the way that I connect, mm-hmm. um, that it didn't feel... Actually, I think that the, the weirdest part for me was putting a word to it, mm. right? The weirdest thing was like, actually, there's a thing that we call that. versus like, oh yeah, that's just how I am. Or that's just how I think or how I connect to people or things around me. Um, So yeah, I think I just kind of fell into the word, but I always was this person. I think that's a cool way to describe it because I think that that I've never really thought of it that way, but that could very much kind of explain how I came into learning about witchcraft was it wasn't so much that it was something I was trying to believe or understand as much as it was something I believed and it was something that made sense to me. So I was trying to like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Do other people do this? What is, you know, and that was kind of that search was not really to find the thing, but for something to explain what it was to me. I think that's really cool how you described it because I've never really thought of it that way but that's that's really true instead of seeking it you're you're kind of just trying to define what it is because it's already in there and yeah. I feel like for me that, that that was similar to mine and all of a sudden there was that click that oh yeah oh this is me there are people out there like me that believe in the same things that I do and it's just it's just made it so yeah it's it's um I really like that phrase fall into the word. And that's one of the things I really love about Crystal. She's so, you're so good at naming things in this very beautiful poetic way. So you're going to have a lot of witches out there. They're like, I'm falling into the word y'all. It's on it. It's a new thing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is something that a lot of our listeners have dealt with, continue to deal with. And that's one of the reasons many of them turn to us, poor things, to try to figure out. Heaven help them. And I was like, who better to help us figure this out than someone who is a witch and works with families and, you know, in a, in a professional capacity, not just like, you know, yelling at, at, at people that way that I do like, come on, you know, I might do do a little bit of that too, but yes, yes. (laughs) That's part of the being a badass. So many witches struggle with their family's feelings about witchcraft. Um, A lot of times families get really upset Mm -hmm. when their, you know, um, their people start going into, you know, start going into witchcraft. And so, you know, um, I think 
if if you thought about like how when families do come down hard on witches or magical people, do you have some thoughts, Crystal, on ways that mag- witches or magical people can respond in a productive way? Because this kind of stuff breaks up families, and that's something I always used to to say to people that would learn from me. It's like, please don't let this mean that you don't speak to your mother anymore. You know, if you if you need to draw a boundary with members of your family because they're abusive to you, that's a different story. But don't let this be the thing. Sure. And what are your thoughts? Um, absolutely. Um, this is probably one of the most complicated um, kind of things, I think, for people who are um, within our community. I mean, there's lots of other complicated things, too. Yes. But this is one of the ones... Um, unless you are born into a family that openly embraces that, um, you know, that a lot of people have to stumble through. Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely um, think that there's so many pieces that come together where somebody decides how, how harmful it is for them to continue a relationship or to, um, to try and kind of shift or redefine the, the, the dynamic. Um, and sometimes that's possible and sometimes not. Um, but I definitely would say, I think so many of us, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I know that when I finally had, um, something that I could, uh, lean on or explain what it was that I believed in who I was, spiritually, there was a level of excitement that I wanted to be able to share that with the people Mm -hmm. who I love and wanted them to share that excitement um, with me about this, you know, kind of journey I'm continuing and the newness that I'm embarking on. And um, I think that if I could do it over again, I would have given myself more time and space to sit back and think about how, what it is that I want and need from them and how, um, how much capacity the people in my family have to hold that Mm -hmm. space with me. And I might've made decisions differently versus at the time, wait, can I cuss on here? Oh my God. Uh, Yes. yes. At the time I was like, fuck it. I'm a witch. And I'm, <laughs> and now riding the broom around the house, <laughs> jumping over bonfires yep. in the backyard. Yeah. Yes. And now I'm like, hmm, like what I know about this family and what I know about how they operate, maybe um, I need to adjust my own expectations and I need to find a different way to hold that space so that we can grow into it versus not. Now, I say that with my own context in my own family, that's different for everyone. So I'm not saying that everyone should think that way about themselves. But I do think that um, really giving ourselves an opportunity to think about what it is that we want from our family or that we need our expectations. Um, and then also really looking at the capacity of the people that we are you know, engaging with, right? Like, I know there's a couple of family members that won't, I don't care how I say it, they don't have the capacity to hold that space with me. And I think that a lot of times people, whether like you explained it, kind of an excitement or youngness, I mean, let's be real, when we're all 
in our twenties were mostly assholes. So, you know, um, I think sometimes people can be like, instead of kind of breaking their family into it, they're kind of dicks about it. Where it's like, this, yeah. this is who I am and you're just going to deal with it. And this is what I do now. And it's and like, you need to accept me. Maybe <laughs> that's not the best way, you know, maybe, you know, you could have worked it in a little bit, you know, it just, and I think that's, Especially when it's something different like that, kind of, I like the word you used, their capacity to understand. I think that's a great way to put it because sometimes how you're delivering the message really matters in their capacity to accept it. If they feel like, like, I think one of the fears that a lot of times people have when someone comes at them with something like this, and, and frankly, vice versa, if you're pagan mm -hmm. and someone's coming at you from a, a Christian or different religious perspective, you worry, I'm not doing that. You're not, in, what are you trying to indoctrinate? What are you trying to make yeah. me do? Like, I have no interest in that. So to kind of set up that situation of this is for me, this is what I'm doing. I'm not going to push this on you. I'm not going to be making you participate in things you don't want to do. You know, really understanding that, yes, it's your journey. Yes, it's about you. Yes, this is important to you. All those things are fabulous. But you do need to understand how they're going to perceive this. And kind of, if you want to share it with them, do it in a way that works for them, as opposed to however you want to do it yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think in all all relationships, right, like we are looking for that place where we get to co-create what it is that that relationship is. Now, that's not always the case. I get that for all the reasons and context, but just in a very generalized way, um, we co-create our, re our relationships. So it's not, you know, it's that space, that gray area of looking at like, is this really about me making a stand or is this about me being able to find a space inside of our relationship where we can co-create what this means? Um, and sometimes that's much easier than other times, but ideally that would be amazing if we could lean into that space um, with each other's capacity in mind to figure out like, how do I move forward? Like if I go, you know, tell Aunt Bobby Jean that I'm a witch um, she might pass out, right? So probably yeah. don't want to do it that way because I love her and I know that she loves me. So then how can I, hmm, how can we meet somewhere and work towards collaborating on this in our relationship where that's different than with other relationships where I might just be like, fuck it, you got to know I'm a witch, right? Yeah. Um, yep. So yes, right. you know. Yeah. And I think that I really appreciate what you're talking about with the capacity of these individuals. And I, where I feel like is, is that, and I, I see so many different things as, as people come in and sometimes the people feel like they they have to be, there's a, a sense in which they feel I'm torn with devotion. Do I need to show my devotion to my gods and, you know, or, or, or am I putting them aside for acceptance of the family? It's like, I think the gods are fine. If you need to take off your jewelry um, if you need to get off, you know, get off the chariot and untie the goats and, you know, just come into the house in t-shirt and blue jeans and just be, you know, secular you, the gods aren't going to be upset by that. Um, because I think that they want you to be sound and healthy and you do, you know, keeping your family healthy, you don't need to have it in their face. And I think there's also a sense in which they don't have to accept it. They don't have to like it as long as they're respectful of you. 
If they're coming at you and attacking you and being cruel, well, that's the problem. Not that they don't understand or accept because I have a lot of very religious Christian family members that they are very worried about me. And, you know, I let them, I say, I appreciate your concern. Is there something specific you're worried about? You know, and they can't quite articulate it. So I'm like, okay, well, if you, you have a specific concern, I'm here and you can bring it to me and we'll talk about it. Um, you know, that's been the way, it could, but I, I understand that they're never going to understand. They're never going to accept as long as they, what did you do? My dad just texted me and he just said, he just said, Hey, who is Morgan Daimler? She wrote two books titled Bridget and the Morgan. Your dad wrote that? Yeah, my dad just texted me to hell? let me know about Morgan Daimler. <laughs> You're, you should just text him back and be like, do you want me to give you her phone number? She She's really nice. <laughs> That's so fantastic. Okay, but this is honestly, 20 years ago, he had me in a seven hour car ride and he started it with, I'm really concerned about you. You're going to throw your life away with when you get involved in this witchcraft. That's how he started a seven hour car ride. And then you and I had a seven hour phone conversation. We did have a seven <laughs> hour crying <laughs> and me trying to talk you off yeah. the ledge, explaining to you that you're okay. <laughs> and so now I know where my father is. He's worried that my books are, there's a, there's a, there's a Someone problem. Someone else is writing your books. And I'm like, no, no, it's fine. That's not what happened. Morgan is an awesome writer. Actually, I should just text it back right now. So otherwise, he's going to be out there researching and worrying. He he's going to be cyber stalking <laughs> And her. here he is. And here he is. Now he's like, here he is. He's so, that's that's his way of being supportive. Right. And I think also sometimes age helps. Because where my dad came from is he was worried, I would not get a job. And then there was a sense of, well, what's going to happen to you? Who is going to marry right. you? You're going to be lonely and sad. Well, I married a great guy who's also a witch. We bought a house because apparently they let witches buy houses. Maybe not Kanani, but other people. Yeah, not me. <laughs> Sorry, that was an off, that was a pretty tacky joke. Kanani had a bad day with the house. Oh no! <laughs> I, I wrote her a letter to her, so now everyone can know it goes both ways. <laughs> Crystal's Crystal's my witness. I think for some people, they get thoroughly disappointed because they get excited about their journey. They get excited about the festivals they go to. They get excited about the spells they do. They get excited about the books they read and they want to share it. Right. And then they get angry when their family doesn't want to hear about it. So like, I think that's a good example. Like what would be your recommendation, Crystal, for like that exact same scenario, right? Like someone desperately wants to share this with their family and the family just doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. I mean... I think it's, again, complex. And I, I can totally relate with that. Um, because I was, you know, had the opportunity to do some pretty cool stuff and, you know, um, travel and speak and, you know, like, hey, family, look at my book. No, you probably don't want to buy mm -hmm. it because that's going to make you uncomfortable. But I want you to know that I, you know, I accomplished this right. thing. So I have a lot of thoughts about that. And I think that it's important to give again, I mean, I hate to sound like the broken record here, but um, do people even know what records are anymore? Anyway, I don't even so, know. Um, <laughs> Ask your kids, Kanani, see what oh, they that's say. Devastating. Cause the answer is probably not. <laughs> probably no. Um, but to give time to consider what's important to you, 
what it is that you want from it. And, you know, also impact, right? Like what is the, you know, this is a very kind of therapisty response, but it, it, I think it's true. Like, you know, what is the impact of me sharing that versus the impact of me not sharing it? Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes we make decisions based on like, if I can't be true to myself or I can't share this thing, um, then I'm going to feel like I'm not able to be authentically me or I'm not able to celebrate my accomplishments or my excitement. And that matters to me in this context. Right. Um, and there are other times where we might be like, you know what, I it's not worth it to change the dynamic at this point because I already know their capacity and I'll just celebrate it over here with these people or these family members or these homies and I'm okay with that right so what I I want to add to that but I also say it with caution because I think about um, people who you know hiding their gay or their trans or their other queer identities like that's not identity is different than a belief yeah you know and um and beliefs you can you can there's no shame on you if you need to pack up the broom and the pointed hat when you go to grandma's house for dinner and you're not a witch while you're there. Trust me, your cousins know they're all going to want tarot readings in the back room after Thanksgiving, but you don't need to be that person at the Thanksgiving table. And it's not a failure on your part and you are not a disappointment to witchcraft. Um, and I, I may want to make that very clear because again, being a, a belief and that is who you, you, you know, beliefs make us who we are very different than what it is, how you are wired, you know, yeah. how, like the person that you are beliefs are different. So, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think with family, there is such a emotional um, space where connection, there's a need for that connection um, where it feels different than the job. Right. Like, but mm-hmm. There is, as you're saying, there is that similarity between Mm -hmm. how we make choices around whether we push in or or not with some Mm -hmm. of the pieces of ourselves. Right. Um, I know as a uh, social worker, um, I mean, I'm out and I and I have been because just because uh, honestly, because of my personality, um, because it's really hard for me not to be. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I, you know, but, but I, you know, thinking about how to hold that in spaces, professional spaces, right. With people that I may not know their capacity or it's actually against what I'm doing to focus on their capacity to understand me as a pagan or as a witch, Um, and I'm supposed to be focusing on them. So then how do I navigate that? Right. Because that's that impact part of of how I'm co-creating a relationship, um, that is authentically me, but is also both of us coming together for an outcome. And, and so in the workplace, I think it's easier for us to connect sometimes with that thought than when we're talking about family where there's yes. an emotional connection yeah. and expectation. Expectation right? I think is the perfect word. And we wish we are, and yeah. I guess we and you're you're exactly right because there is the expectation you go to go to work and you put on a uniform whether it's one issued by the company or it's the company dress code. That's a uniform you put on. I mean, I have my work clothes. I haven't put them on in a year, but I know where they are. <laughs> um and um then it, but there yeah, I think that's where it can get hard. 
is, is what's been a helpful journey for me is thinking about not just where my parents are from, but thinking about where their people are from Mm -hmm. and what their people might have experienced that don't would frighten people from going outside the fold. Yes. There's a lot of times it goes back to, well, you'll go to hell. Well, you'll go to hell. Well, that's like a, that's a spiritual journey that is, is, um, difficult to, to unwrap. But, um, a lot of times the fear that people's ancestors have, or their, their relatives have of somebody falling outside the church, um, or the religion of, of their, of, of their ancestry is because these religious centers were also resource centers. Um, and if you are, you know, rejected by that religious community, well, then what's going to happen to you? Yeah, no, I think that's really relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's relevant just in general, but I think it reminds me of some of my own journey um, as a black woman who is a witch, which, you know, right? right. Like, so, you know, thinking about how to have conversations with family where so much of our cultural identity um, kind of roots back to this integration of of Christianity as a part of survival, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I am speaking out, which to me, I'm not even speaking out, but just showing, you know, who I am and how that directly connects to um, feelings of fear and vulnerability and, um, you know, survival needs for people within my family because of their journey of being Black in America, right? Mm -hmm. And so if I'm coming from a space of, like, I really, you know, I need to show up in this way and, and talk about who I am and give no fucks about the response, then that's one thing. But if I am looking at the actual context and capacity of the people in my family and what this means and why, then mm-hmm. it gives me a little more to ponder in the way that I am, you know, leaning into that conversation with my family, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're going to immediately be afraid. Yeah. And I expect that. Now, does it mean that I take my pentacle off? Maybe, maybe not. Right. But that, that is a part of the consideration that I have had to work with and through in my own journey. Um, You know, I went to a family reunion. I want to say, well, with COVID, I actually have lost um, my ability to know what year it is. So I'm just going to (laughs) say like two years ish ago and um, you know, 200 plus family members from my mom's side of the family um, and making that decision right? Like, do I take my, do I tuck my pentacle in or do I not? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, these people won't know anything else about me necessarily than I come from that line of the family. And I had, you know, a Flavor Flav sized um, pentacle on, you know. Brilliant. Right? And so, you know, I had to sit with that and then make my choice when I'm thinking about context and impact and what I want what do I want? Right. Mm-hmm. I decided to keep it on, but that decision was made knowing that it might shift some of the dynamics 
in some of the spaces and I was willing to do that. But again, it was a choice versus, you know, not. Right. So yeah, in my own, you know, and did that manifest? Well, absolutely it did. Crystal, how did that manifest? Well, I'll tell you. Um, I was, here we go with the years again. I, so it was in 2020. That was last year. (laughs) Thank you very much. And, um, (laughs) we had the family reunion and it was done virtually. Um, and uh, I was voted in as the president of the family reunion oh my. and within, mm-hmm, um, and within 24 now, to be hours, clear, was this a punishment? Because no. I would take that as a punishment. <laughs> You're going to make so me wrangle funny. the family. Like, well, how interesting within my family culture on this part of my family, my mom's side, it's a, like an honor. Mm-hmm. It is like a, it's like a, you know, like a, the, one of the biggest leadership kind of things. And within 24 hours, the controversy was so huge that I was, first of all, amazed, right? And then second of all, I think it was maybe three days later, two days later, I resigned. Mm. Right? And so, you know, I'm okay with my choice, but do I understand the impact of it as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, <laughs> I'm sitting here, I'm about to go down to uh, let's go down the rabbit hole. But I think that's, I think what, what I would want to know is, um, what are some ways that magical people can draw, can draw boundaries with intrusive family members in a productive way? I mean, I've heard of a lot of different things where like people are trying to people passing out Bibles to somebody's kids you know, or they say, we're praying for you to come back to church. Um, or they just, people you know, who won't leave well enough alone. They won't leave well enough alone. And so what are some productive ways people can address that, that kind of intrusive, you know, intrusive family members? Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> that's really hard. Um, I think one of the things that I would say about that is really figuring out what your own boundaries are. Mm-hmm. around that. And then how you want to communicate those becomes then different. But, you know, I think, you know, so many of us don't know where that line is and that line will move um, depending on who it is that's talking to us or, you know, what our history is with them or or what we want from the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that there's space to even consider Like, what is my boundary? Like, okay, you can pray for me, but don't give my kid a Bible, period. That's like off Mm. limits, right? Where is the line, right? Um, And then once we can define that, then it becomes a part of the same conversation we were having around how do you bring that forward in a way that, you know, um, I don't want to say honors, but uh, acknowledges the capacity of the other person and pushing into that uncomfortable conversation, right? Like, how can I then tell you what my boundaries are and assert my boundaries in a way that I hope you can hear it so that we can continue a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. But I think root of that, and and I see this all the time when it comes to boundaries, 
right? Whether we're talking about religion, whether we're talking about uh, somebody's partner, relationships, uh, whatever it is, is first being able to define what exactly is my line? Where is the boundary? Because then I could figure out how to communicate that. But too often, we are, we're only really recognizing that a boundary is breached when we don't feel good, mm-hmm. right? It's not as proactive as like, let me think about it and then have this conversation and identify it and outline it. It's more like, ouch, I don't like that. Now I know that that's a boundary. And so I'm saying like, how do we create space to do that differently? Mm-hmm. Hey, witches, content warning. This episode's listener question discusses a suicide. If you are having suicidal thoughts or ideations, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or the Trans Lifeline at 1-877-565-8860. If you'd like to skip past the question and response, please forward ahead 10 minutes. Thank you. So we have a listener question. Um, Thank you for making such a lovely podcast. Your voices and laughter fill my home every week and make the housework and chores seem not so bad when I get to listen to you. I am writing to you from Wales, the UK, and was hoping you could give me some insight. By the way, I cannot say Wales without my deep Southern accent coming out. Like I don't have much of it anymore, but when I say whales, I can't, I just like, it's like whales. So (laughs) anyways, I know during the first national lockdown in the UK, my big brother, 18 months older, sadly took his own life. It was very unexpected. And of course, completely devastating. About a month after he died, I had a dream about him, which I believe to be a visitation dream. The dream itself was outside a local shop of our hometown, somewhere where we spent a lot of time as kids. And I noticed him sitting on the wall outside. He looked younger, almost glowing, and the healthiest I had seen him in a long time. I was so angry approaching him, as I was slash am still in disbelief that he had taken his own life. He told me he was in too much pain to continue with life, and there was no other way for him. He left behind a beautiful girlfriend, and when I questioned him about her, his emotion changed, and I could feel and see his pain. I've never experienced such intense emotion while dreaming. Since my brother's death, my eyes have been open to a world that I never knew existed, and I found explanations for things that have happened in my life that I couldn't explain until recently, dreams that will come true later, deja vu, and knowing things without being able to explain how I know them. It's hard because it's still so raw in the moment, but I feel it would be helpful to have an unbiased opinion. Am I looking too much into this because I want it to mean more? If this is a dream where his spirit visited me, is it possible for it to happen again? And if it is possible, is there anything I can do to aid it happening? You ladies always give the best advice and there is really no one else in my life who can talk to about it who will understand. I want to quote, I want to quote Storm really quick. Storm Fairy Wolf who we had on previously. Does it really matter if it brought you comfort and it, it gave you some closure and it gave you some peace? Fuck it. It, it. You know, whether it was your mind helping you to cope or a, a visit from a spirit, the, the mission was accomplished. Mm-hmm. And, and if you need more of it, that spirit will come to you or your mind will help you to manifest that again. 
Um, I think that one of the things that we do naturally as people and one of the hardest things, I still struggle with it, just accepting things for what they are and not trying to place it, you know, not trying to prove, prove that it was this or it was that. Um, it sounded, well, it sounded wonderful. It sounded like what you needed and it sounded like something that brought you some much needed peace in a horrible situation. And so I would say, try, really try and not worry about proving to yourself or convincing yourself, you know, whether it, that it was a spirit as opposed to your brain helping yourself to find some peace. What are your thoughts, Crystal? Um, thank you for that uh, response. I love that. And I totally agree. And I just want to say to the listener um, how much uh, care and empathy and support I have for you in this journey, right? Mm -hmm. um, these are the kinds of things that we um, we're, we're never prepared for, mm -mm. right? And when they happen, you know, um, it takes as much time as it'll take for us to um, move forward in a way towards healing and um, health for ourselves. Um, there's no easy answer, right? Um, so I, I just kind of want to say that I, I echo the sentiment of, you know, does it matter? Right. And, and what's important to me in that is just this, you know, we, when these tragic things happen um, and there's such a loss um, and we are trying to reconcile that with something that makes sense and feels tangible and feels like we have some uh, way to control. Right. Um, so that we can reestablish a sense of safety um, an understanding in the world. And so we gravitate towards this place often of needing to know, like, is that really what happened? Or did, did he come back to visit me or did, right? Like all of those questions, which are natural questions that come up, but in the end, there's no way really to know, um, or prove. And it doesn't necessarily um, give us that answer of safety or um, control that we're looking for. Um, I think I, I agree with the, the sentiment that if it supported you and it felt good and it felt like a connection was made, um, then that is, is an amazing thing to have. Right. Mm -hmm. And it and it helps you in um, connecting even more to the path that you are on and healing from the tragedy of this. And um, that is what matters. So I just, you know, I, I, I say that in the way that I so understand and respect the need to have a tangible thing that then means like, okay, this is what happened. This is okay. This is how it happened and how I can make it happen again. Um, and I think I don't, I, how do I say this? I, I hope for you that you have the um, opportunity and chance to shift the attention more towards the impact that it had for you and allow that to be enough. 
Mm. right? Because it's more than enough. The impact is always more than enough. But allow that to take center stage um, because that is actually what you probably needed. Sounds like that is what you needed is that sense of connection. Um, and it doesn't really matter the how. Mm-hmm. And there's no real way that I would know. Like I could, I could tell you, but it would be, you know, what I think, you know, um, but it's all, it's filtered through my own experiences and my own stuff. And it doesn't make it any more true than the next person's experiences. Um, but my guess is if it felt that way to you, then that's exactly what happened. And, and I do, and I think just to address what she, you know, the question about like the, the um, suddenly having these, these premonitions and things. And, and I do think a lot of people find their way to a spiritual path after trauma and loss um, or as part, or as, you know, just before sometimes I find that that spirit comes into our life and then we have the loss because spirits like, I'm going to help you through this. So um, what I would recommend if anything is, record your experiences in whatever way is right for you. If you're a journaler, if you are a singer, um, you're a poet, you're an artist, um, you know, you just need to speak it into a a microphone and record it somewhere. Um, Just keep, just keep this record. If you feel like you need to be doing something with it, Uh, you will have time later when you have moved through some of this grief and you're, and you're, because we don't go back to the way we were before we change, we settle into a new, a new way of being and understanding after loss. And once you have further settled into that place, um, you'll be able to look back at your experiences and you'll be able to take from them like, wow, that actually was a absolute premonition. Wow. Cool. Or this was, this was definitely emotion, but you know, or just like Kanani and Crystal are saying, you may never know. And that's fine. But if you feel like you need to do something with this, just record it right now because it's not, no one, no one really should be under pressure to have answers for anything, especially right after a loss. And I think if it's, if it's the things like not necessarily the the visit from the brother, but like things like premonitions, things like, you know, yeah. I think those are great things to journal. Mm-hmm. Because mentioned deja absolutely. Vu, yeah. yeah. Things like those things. Those are great things to journal because those are kind of fun to look back on and be like, oh my gosh, I forgot that I'd completely thought about this. And three months later, you know, here I am. Um, that's, those are great things to, to document or write sometime. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. A Absolutely. lot of times when I have those feelings, I'll, I'll, cause a lot of times they would, they would manifest later and I'm terrible. I'm just being real. I'm terrible about journaling. And so what I do instead is I call Courtney and I tell Hillary. I know. And I'm like, all right, I'm getting this in the books. It's funny. Cause Someone's you'll remind me later. This. You'll remind me because later. Later. Yeah. Later. If this happens, you'll be like, oh, you totally knew. Yeah. So I'll usually like share it with, you know, share it with a friend or something like yeah. I had this feeling this would happen. And then if it happens later, it's like, ah, I knew it. Yeah. But also just sending, well, you know, great empathy and support and, and saying very, very sorry for your loss. Oh, please, you know, give yourself space. Yeah, for sure. You know, to heal. Cause absolutely that's, that's such, that's a trauma and a loss that just. It's a lot. That's, that's a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Crystal, where can people follow your work? Um, that's a great question. Um, so I, <laughs> I still have, you know, um, my regular website, um, 
up if you just are looking for info or contact stuff, um, crystalblanton.com. Um, and I'm on social media um, and doing, you know, like I'm on Facebook and things like that. But one of my n- newer kind of things that's follow worthy, if uh, we were to put it in a category, the rest of my life is boring, um, is on, I have an Instagram um, and my tag is exploring wellness and liberation. And um, I post a lot of things just about overall kind of um, wellness and social justice stuff and just all of those kinds of things. And because I am a witch, I am pagan, it's infused in there. Um, so it's not necessarily like a standalone thing specifically around the pagan community, but I mean, it's, it's in everything that I do. So that is, um, one place to follow. Um, and the rest of my stuff is in the social work world right now. And so I think Crystal and I are going to be best friends. <laughs> I've got a pillow and cause you say you're boring and I've got a pillow and it says, or a t-shirt that says ride or die till 9 30 PM. I'm, I'm your oh, girl. And then I'm great. And then I'm going to bed. Like, I'm, yep. Yep. like I'll be the life of the party, but once it's nine 30, I'm sorry. It is, it is PJ pants time. I got to go. Nice. I love that. Well, I love that. Crystal, thank you so much for, for coming. And I really miss you. And I can't wait till we can be in the same place again. And, um, talk all about black Panther, which is like you and I went off on this whole Wakanda kick last time we were together for like two yes. hours. <laughs> And well, it was now that I know Crystal. Now that I know Crystal's in the Bay Area, I have to go to. The, we visit family in the Bay Area all the time, so you might just Ooh, need to cool. get a little, a little visit, little visit. So absolutely. And as things get safer, that is even more and more possible. Which I is just a got my first shot. Uh, was it yesterday? It I got yesterday. first one, second one on the seventh. Yep, I just got my first shot. I'm super excited. That's fantastic. Congrats to both of you. Thank you. I, um, I got both of my shots. Yay! I felt, I was, felt pretty lucky to be a part of kind of the, the mental health, um, yes. allowance that allowed me to get mine. And so, um, my husband, my husband school, and I, so yeah, he also, are you, yeah, he's, are you, exactly. he's old Club school Ma- now with, are the, you with Club the Moderna, Club Pfizer, were you J and J? Oh, I am a uh, Moderna. You, me too. I'm Moderna. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Stop <laughs> trying to take Are my best Pfizer? friend, Courtney. It was <laughs> Pfizer, yeah. Stop trying to steal well- her. Y'all. My my husband and I are Moderna, but my 19 year old is Pfizer. So we, in, you know, are holding that in the same home. There you go. So all is welcome. So so he has X ray vision, but you can fly. <laughs> there you go. I've been I like practicing. <laughs> I like it. Well, my husband got Moderna and I got Pfizer, so I think we're we've covered all of our bases now. Oh man! It's, there you go. So, um, well, Crystal, we cannot thank you enough for coming on. This episode means a lot to me, and I know it's going to mean a lot to others. And want to thank everybody for listening. And as a reminder, if you want to support the show, um, the best way is to subscribe and spread the word. Please leave us a rating, review us on Apple Podcasts. It takes three seconds, and it does so much help. Um, you can also buy us coffee. Check out our merch in our Etsy store. And for bonus content, become a supporter on Patreon. And we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And so for show notes, audio transcript or to ask us a question for a future episode go to thatwitchlife.com until then keep moaning that shit witches and we will talk to you next week thank you crystal 
Thank you so much. So mode it be. Just a <laughs> what the f is happening right now? Oh my Did you god! Just fart? Like what's happening? No, I just can't talk. I've I, I hit a wall. I hit a wall tonight. Okay. <laughs>